Hello, Shabbat Shalom. I am Rabbi Moshe Schwab, but I'm glad you could be here with us today. This is the uh, Torah teaching uh, for Niketz, uh, Genesis 41.1 through 44.17, and we also have an, an accompanying teaching for this portion that is available. <clears throat> uh, Miketz means at the end of. Uh, the portion Miketz begins with Pharaoh having two dreams. One dream is about seven good-looking cows getting, getting eaten by seven lean-looking cows, and the other is about seven fully ripened, good-looking ears of corn get, getting eaten up by seven bad-looking ears of corn. Pharaoh is upset and asks all his magicians and wise men if they can interpret the dreams. But no one can. It has been two years since the cupbearer returned to Pharaoh's court, and he then remembers Joseph interpreting his dream in it coming to pass. Joseph tells Pharaoh the dream was repeated twice because it is going to happen. God can repeat things either to get our attention or to establish something. God told Pharaoh that there will be seven good years followed by seven years of famine, and that Pharaoh should find someone who will manage and gather food during the good years. Pharaoh says to his officials that Yosef would be good for the job because the Spirit of God is in him, and they pick Yosef to be in charge. Pharaoh gives Yosef the authority of second-in-command when Yosef was only 30 years old and gives Yosef his signet ring and the people bowed down before him. The Pharaoh seems to be familiar with the, with the power of the true God. Perhaps some of Shem's followers, Shem uh, is Melchizedek, uh, had introduced Pharaoh to the true God because Salem is not that far from Egypt. Uh, Salem is the ancient name for Jerusalem, where Shem, the son of Noah, had a school of prophecy where they worshipped El Elyon, God Most High. Shul tells us to seek spiritual gifts. He says in 1 Corinthians 14:1, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. There are believers in Messiah that say we are not to prophesy, and so they contradict the Bible. Are believers in the Messiah somehow less than those in the Old, Old Testament portion? Of course they are not less powerful. It says in Acts 2 that there will be lots of prophecy. Acts 2, 17-18 refers as a prophecy concerning the Messianic era from, from Joel 2, 28-29. It refers, of course, to this Messianic age we now live in. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. We live in an age of anemic, weak believers. Yosef gathers grain for seven years before the famine hits and then and sells the grain to the people needing it during the famine. Jacob's family hears there is grain in Egypt and he sends his sons down there to trade for some grain. Yosef just happened to be at the place where they traded for grain when his brothers arrived. 
He didn't tell them who he was. He accuses them of being spies, perhaps to find out more about them, and perhaps to see if they mistreated their younger brother as they mistreated him. He keeps Simon in prison. Joseph's brothers return home and also find the money in their packs that they gave for the, the grain. After they, they had depleted all the food they had, they had traded for, Joseph's brothers returned to Egypt, but they had to bring their younger brother with them, as Joseph had demanded. Yaakov was very upset with Judah, and, excuse me, very upset, and Judah says that he will be responsible and take his place if anything should happen. They bring gifts to Yosef, and also the, the money they found that they should have originally paid for the grain. When they arrive, Yosef sees his brother Benjamin, and he is overwhelmed emotionally. He decides to have his brothers dine with him. He seats them by birth order. Yosef returns, returns Simon, Shimon, to them, and he orders their packs filled with supplies and for them to put a goblet in, in Benjamin's pack. After they start their journey back, he orders the belong search, and they find the goblet in Benjamin's pack. As the portion ends, Yosef tells his brothers that they can re return, but Benjamin has to stay there and be his slave. We see in the next portion that Judah offers to give himself for Benjamin. Just as Yeshua gave himself for us, Judah is a messianic type who is willing to give himself for Benjamin. Yosef's success can clearly be attributed to God. It was not an easy road of success, but God made Yosef to prosper because he listened to God. It appears that Pharaoh also sees that Yosef hears from God and is willing to use him to prosper all of Egypt. It should remind us that listening to God is the best way to live, to bring the blessings of God to us and others in every way physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Yosef's success came from God. Yosef brings deliverance to his family in the whole region because he hears from God, and he is a, another messianic type. Yosef and Yeshua were both rejected, but both end up saving others. There are many similar t similarities between Yosef and the Messiah Yeshua. Both are favored by their fathers. Yeshua's father was God, who created life in Miriam's womb. The Hatshorah from Eketz is, is 1 Kings 3, 13-4-1, and uh, Zechariah 2, 14-4-7 uh, is normally read during Hanukkah. In the Hatshorah for Miketz in 1 Kings, King Shlomo had just been given wisdom and a long life by God. Like God helped Yosef, God is going to help Shlomo and give him wisdom and understanding. Two women come to Shlomo and are fighting over a child. He is able to, to trick the women into revealing who the real mother is, and the people hear about Shlomo's wisdom. Just as through God's Spirit, Yosef was to become a great leader in Egypt, Shlomo, through God's Spirit, became a great king with wisdom. 1 Kings 3.28 says, All Israel heard of the decision the king had made and held the king in awe, for they saw that God's wisdom was in him, in him, enabling him to render justice properly. 
So, like I said, Zechariah is, is read during Hanukkah. We will include it today because it's still near Hanukkah and, and is relevant to this portion. It begins by saying that someday God will live among his people Israel. And also that many nations will believe in the true God. Obviously, this is a prophecy about the Messiah Yeshua, who not only came and lived among mankind, but will someday come back and reign as our king. Yehoshua was chosen to be the Kohen Gadol after his return from captivity and was given clean robes in Zechariah's vision and charged to live right. God says that he will bring his servant the Tzimach, which means sprout, someday and remove their guilt in one day. This obviously again refers to Yeshua and is a reference to Isaiah 53 where it talks about the Messiah giving himself for our sins. Zechariah is then looking at a menorah, and there were two olive trees on each side of the menorah. They are God's anointed ones. He is to say to Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel that it is not through force or power, but through God's Spirit. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Then he answered me, This is the word of Adonai to Zerubbabel. Not by force, and not by power, but by, but by my spirit, says Adonai Tzavaot. We know historically that God has brought Israel back from the Babylonian captivity. God also delivered Israel from the Greeks, and as a result we celebrate Hanukkah, which means dedication. It is also called the Feast of Lights. Even, even in antiquity, Josephus called it Chag Ha'or, the Light Feast. You know, without God's deliverance, we would have no Bible and no Messiah. Yeshua, which means salvation, as he was commonly called in his time, is a shortened name for Yehoshua, which means the Lord is salvation. And, and the name came from uh, the name, that was the name of the Kohen Gadol in this portion. Yeshua is the light of the world who is the living Mishkan and presence of God. The presence of God was restored at the building of the second temple and at the rededication of the second temple. Yeshua was the living presence of God who came as a light to the world. The word lived in first in John, excuse me, in John 1.14 is translated from the Greek word for tented, probably referring to the Mishkan where the presence of God was while Israel was in the desert. The intended, that in, the intended meaning then is that the presence of God came in the form of Yeshua. John 1.14 says, The word became a human being and lived, that is tented, with us, and we saw his Shekinah. Yeshua declares he is the light of the world, and then he opens the eyes of a blind man from birth just before the Feast of Lights. The ancient rabbi said that one of the signs of the Messiah was that he would heal the eyesight of a man that was born blind. John 9, 5-7 says, Yeshua says, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, put the mud on the man's eyes, and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Shiloach. That means scent. 
So he went and washed and came away seeing. According to, to Josephus, Shlomo's colonnade was the site of the first temple. So Yeshua was standing at the site of the first temple speaking to the crowd in the following passages. The ancient rabbi said that the Messiah would reveal himself at the site of the first temple. That is why in, this, in these scriptures they ask him to reveal who he is. He cryptically reveals he is the Messiah by saying he already told them. Then in verse 30 he tells them that he is one with the Father, God, conclusively revealing who he is. They pick up stones because they realize that he is saying that he is God, even though they, under, they understood the Messiah was to be God. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6 says that. will be from the line of David and be Yehovah, it says. Yeshua re revealed that he absolutely is the Messiah. John 10, 23-25 says, Then came Hanukkah in Yerushalayim. It was winter, and Yeshua was walking around inside the temple area in, in Shlomo's colonnade. So the Jew, Jew, Judeans surrounded him and said to him, How much longer are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us publicly. Yeshua answered them, I have already told you, and you don't trust me. Also, John 10, 30 and 31 says, I and the Father are one. Once again, the Judeans picked up rocks in order to stone him. So in this portion, Yosef interprets Pharaoh's dreams, and then is tasked by Pharaoh of saving Egypt from the upcoming famine. Yosef saves the entire region, including his family, through God's power in the prophetic gifting. Believers in the Messiah are also given, given this powerful gifting and encouraged to use God's powerful gifts that we receive through the Holy Spirit that is given to believers in, the Yeshua, in Yeshua HaMashiach in this Messianic age. So I'd just like to, uh, to say the final uh, blessing at this time. And remember, we also have an accompanying uh, teaching for this portion that you can listen to or watch. Yeverecha Yehova Yishmerecha Yaer Yehova Panabalecha Bichunecha Yisa Yehova Panabalecha Vesemlecha Shalom. Yehovah bless you and keep you. Yehovah make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yehovah lift up his comes upon you and give you peace. Come Lord, help us in all that we do. Help us remain faithful. Keep us in you. Thank you Lord. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for being with us today.